BBC Gardeners World Live at the NEC in Birmingham. The forecast is 27 degrees today and tomorrow. If you are coming down to the show, please do bring some sun cream and plenty of water with you, as I'm sure the next guest joining me in the studio has done. Uh, David Hurrian, um, horticultural expert, we decided we're going to refer to. It's a really nice term, isn't it? (laughs) It makes me sound really important as well, doesn't it? Horticultural expert. But do you know what? I'm a dyed-in-the-wool gardener. Gardener. Many people will, of course, uh, know you from your associate editor uh, time at the magazine, of course. Um, But you are are moving on and and, uh, and up in the world, aren't you? Well, I don't know about moving up in the world. I always like to think of it as moving down in the world. Get my hands (laughs) dirty, get my fingers in the earth. Um, But it means that I'm not losing that association with the magazine, but I'm still involved heavily, but it's just the titles change, don't they? What do they matter? What does a title mean? Absolutely. Now, we've got a fantastic show this year. I've spoken to a few people, and they've done exactly what you've just done. They've sort of looked skywards and thought, where do I start? It's The standard is incredible, and I know that the show gardens have caught your eye to some change. They really have. Do you know, every year we come back to Gardener's World live and we look at some great show gardens but this year something's aligned with the stars because honestly there's so much excellence out there um and i think that it it just feels like next year what do we do to improve on it really there's so many brilliant ideas that i've spotted so one of the gardens that really caught my eye was the sub aqua garden and um You'd think that it sounds like the seaside or a swimming pool or something, and it's not not very obvious, but there's a pond underneath the garden room. So there's a garden room at the end of the garden that's a really slick office, shoffice sort of area, <laughs> and um, underneath is this Dexian metal material, and underneath that is a pond. So you've got a walk across the Dexian to get to the garden room and then this pond underneath so that's brilliant for wildlife it's full of plants as well and there's plants popping up through the metal gridding but the most important thing that it teaches us is that water is really crucial for moderating the climate and seeing as we had such a hot climate hot summer last year and looks like it's going to be hot weather today putting water into a garden Water takes such a long time to heat up and cool down that it balances out the environment. So it makes your garden feel cooler in the heat, but it also makes it feel warmer and keeps the frost off in the winter. Mm. And this garden room, as I say, is built on top of a pond. It's absolutely marvellous. If you're coming along to the show, make sure you look at that. Sub-aqua garden. Fantastic. Now, Paul Stone uh, has done something quite incredible in the year of the coronation. It's called Fit for a King. Um, I wish people could see the smile on your face. You, you want, know, you like this. <laughs> I think the thing is that Paul was inspired by Prince Charles, as he then was, and his garden at Highgrove. Uh, and that doesn't mean that Prince Charles, now his king, has ignored Highgrove and he's moved on to other things. He's still passionate about gardening and plants and wildlife and the environment. And Paul's taken inspiration from that. And he's not tried to copy um, Highgrove. But what he's done is he's recreated this little building stone building that's absolutely beautiful and Prince Charles would be, or King Charles would be proud of but also the planting because 
Um, it's full of the most beautiful mixed hardy annual flowers, mm. uh, full of colour, full of flower at the moment. It knocks your socks off. He was watering this morning, and I was chatting to him before the public came in, and to, uh, he was saying that it's all been brought in on mats. So it's grown on a fibre matting with a little soil amount of soil in there. And then not rolled up because the, the plants are about 18 inches, 45 centimetres tall. But uh, it was brought in on Dutch trolleys um, and then laid out really carefully. And when you see the delicacy and the daintiness of these flowers, how on earth they did it without mashing it. <laughs> you know, if you or I did it, it'd probably be compost by now. But it just looks divine. Mixture of blues, intense pinks, glorious. The show gardens here mm. take a considerable number of hours, mm. days to put together. I think some of them may have taken upwards of, of nearly nearly three weeks, yeah. just under three weeks to put together. Yeah. That's an immense effort, isn't it? And I, well, I think people do appreciate the effort that goes into those gardens. Yeah, I, I hope people realise that because I've built many show gardens, both at Gardeners World Live and at Chelsea and various mm. other shows. And um, really, you have to have people who know what they're doing who can dovetail into other people, work alongside somebody who might be painting a fence at the same time as you're planting. But three weeks to build a garden in somebody's house over a long period that's then going to grow and, and mature over, say, two, three, four years is, in, is, a, is a lot of, you know, is a, is a tall order, let alone trying to build something instant in three weeks you know with all the landscaping that goes on all the paving slabs that go down all the crushed stone that's laid uh, the fences that go up all the details of that and then the planting making the planting look like it's always been like that that it's grown like that that's an art and and three weeks really isn't very long it's, it's an incredible effort i remember a couple of years ago one of the show gardens that won um was made to look like a wild meadow yeah and i, I remember speaking to the people who put it together yeah. and they said it looks like it's been thrown together but every single plant seed leaf <laughs> and grass has been put in by hand to yeah. a, a design and, well, and that's that's incredible steve the point about that sort of planting is that i i've done that sort of planting as well uh, and making those naturalistic looking things is very very tricky and what we did was to take strips of long grass that was grown on mats but it was very tall grass it was about 18 inches with all the seed heads and everything and rip it into strips wrap it round the plant that you're the wild plant say a poppy or something like that wrap that long turf around that plant around the root ball of the plant and then plant it in chunks like that and then plant the next one jostling up against it to recreate this so the detailing of some of that is so precise and it's got you've not got to damage the the, the grass the grass can't all look bent and wonky you know the grass has got to look upright and delicate and that is a real craft but also just the planting in the gardens and um, plants grow in the orientation to the sun so if you put a plant in the wrong way round, sort of turned the wrong way round to the way it's been growing and you set that against another plant that's in a different orientation 
the plants can look awkward they don't look natural and one of the arts is turning the plants in before you take them out the pot turning the plant in the pot just a few degrees rotating it so that it's aligning with the sun so all the plants are facing in the right sort of way Uh, and that detail can make the difference between a garden feeling right and a garden feeling "Mm, doesn't look quite you know there's something odd about this garden all that detailing you know those eyes that that are creating these things those brains and eyes are there's many years of experience with with most of the people who plant these gardens and that is what so many people who come here tap into mm. david isn't it mm. we've got all of the 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 you know, tv program presenters monty and mm. francis toppel and and adam frost and all around carol klein yourself uh, and various parts of the place not everybody can have a show garden but yeah. they want to take some inspiration mm. and then find out how to do it and that you've just explained to me that's opened my eyes that that is a top tip for yeah. me um in terms of just making a little difference incremental differences to the enjoyment we get out of our gardens well certainly there are so many little design details so for example there's a lot of recycling going on at the show this year one of the one of the things there is that they um one one of the designers has um used scaffold boards um uh, with copper pipe fed through those scaffold boards and then the scaffold boards are spaced out they're used horizontally and the scaffold boards are spaced out by the same depth as the scaffold board to create a screen Um, and it's just artful and clever and all those little design tips all those planting tips all those growing tips that's what this show is all about it's not trying to be um, super high end it's about real gardening and making a difference in your garden that's why there's so much inspiration here yeah. last year it was Belfast Sinks yeah wasn't it? there were a lot of Belfast Sinks <laughs> with Francis Tophill I think the, the second hand value of Belfast Sinks <laughs> went up straight yeah. after the show well uh, this guy has used radiators so perhaps it's the year of the radi- recycled radiators he's that's... used one horizontally to make a bench looks great the year of the radiator that's the title <laughs> for your next book on creative gardening uh, David um, just finally let's talk about the floral marquee yeah, yeah. Um, which is the most incredible assault on the senses mm. i think that i've had for, for many a year if, if you just close your eyes and walk into a huge floral mm. marquee you're, you're almost overwhelmed there's some amazing things in there there are and one of the things that the center of that is the hot off the potting bench um, display which is a whole array of new plants that are being showcased at the show and I was involved yesterday before the show started uh, in judging it um, and seeing which ones were garden worthy, which ones looked like they would be real winners with the public. Uh, and there's also the opportunity for visitors to the show to vote on their favourites as well to see if we judges got it right, you know, Keeping because you in which, check. which <laughs> are the things that really attract you. Uh, and there is one outstanding plant that's won. Um, because this is all done to commemorate the work of Peter Seabrook, who's sadly no longer with us. Uh, and it's the Peter Seabrook Award for the best plant in the hot off the show bench um, stand. And the winner, you know, it might not be a surprise, but it's one of the plants, funnily enough, that Peter picked out years ago before he died as being potentially a winner. And it's remarkable how, you know, that man was a real expert for, you know, not for nothing was he an expert because that was the plant that we judged as being the best in the show. And what is that plant? It's a rose 
and unfortunately, <laughs> it's it's called. Um, it's named after Peter Seabrook himself, yeah. and it's the most beautiful golden rose with a lovely dark centre eye. Uh, it's a climbing uh, rose, which is a break with the tradition of these types of roses, uh, and it's an absolute stunner. Scented, disease-resistant, an absolute winner. There's some exotics in there as well, I think, aren't there? and that's something I know you know a lot about. I you've love... travelled extensively looking at plants of the world, yeah. Um, and there must be some things in there you just said that. Well, I've been really lucky to do that, and um, so I've seen all sorts of amazing tropical gardens, and I have a garden at home that I try and emulate some of that tropical feel. So one of the plants that seems to be very hot at the moment um, are the schlepherers. So you know the umbrella plant that yes. we grow indoors yeah. as a house plant? <laughs> there are some hardier ones of those, and they seem to be very much in vogue at the moment for trying to create this exotic tropical look. Uh, and there are loads of things like hardy bananas and palms and eucalyptus. Uh, there's one stand completely devoted to eucalyptus trees. I mean, those are the ways to make a real impact in your garden. Rather than just buying things that you can find at every garden centre, Come to the show, go to the nurseries in that floral marquee and find something a bit different, a bit exotic, that will be a talking point in your garden. Fantastic. BBC Gardeners World Live is at the NEC in Birmingham in the glorious sunshine until Sunday. The website, bbcgardenersworldlive.com, where you can see what's on, get lots of information and, importantly, get hold of tickets. David, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Um, uh, enjoy the show. Thanks, And Steve. maybe next time we speak... I, always, I So many people tell me that every day is a learning day yeah. in gardening. Next time we speak, tell me what you learned from this show. I, uh, there's always something to learn. That's the great thing about gardening. Thanks, Steve.